0: funding research and catalyzing conversations that inspire people with awe and wonder. Learn about the researchers making the latest discoveries in the science of well-being, complexity, forgiveness, and free will at templeton.org podcast.
1: Listener supported WNYC Studios.
2: Oh, wait, you're listening. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. <coughs> You're, listening You're listening to Radio Lab. Lab. Radio Lab from WNYC. See? Yeah. Hey everybody, it's Jad. Uh, uh, we are hard at work on the other Latif episode five to tide you over. It's just going to be a few more days. We wanted to give you a behind the scenes peek. It's a little bit of a making of, a little bit of a director's cut, a little bit of a glimpse into Latif's brain. That would be our Latif. Uh, throughout the whole process of making the series, uh, very often we will sit down in the studio and just kind of like brain dump to each other, as we call it. Uh, and I want to play you a little bit of uh, one of those conversations that Latif and I had quite recently. Uh, hope you enjoy it. The next episode of the series will be with you later this week. But uh yeah okay so uh so Latif yeah here we are we're working on episode 5 it's coming out later in the week uh maybe it's a good well, time we for-
0: should say if I can interrupt you Yeah yeah you, go no no go please like we should say cuz so many people who have been like reaching out to me like they think they're done like like <laughs> they're so like not they're done. not done we're like we're making them now yeah. like we are Frantically scrambling to make
2: them. That's true. That is exactly why we're here, in a way. Yeah, because we're still in the process. But it's interesting. Like, I mean, one of the things we kind of hoped at the beginning was that as we started telling the story, people would reach out. Um, Yeah, and that has happened. Like, who is who has contacted you in the last few? A lot of people. A lot of people. And that's
0: kind of what I was secretly hoping when we decided to make it come out weekly. Like, and just people are. Popping up, people are uh, a bunch of former people who worked at Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most difficult sources that uh, I've been trying to find this whole time for like years now uh, have been other uh, uh, former Guantanamo detainees, yeah. and so finding one of these guys who was willing to talk, who knew Abdul Latif, um, and who you know was 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 just talk to a bull. Uh, it's been so difficult. And then like literally this morning, uh, I got a, uh, uh, like a DM from a guy being like, Hey, uh, uh, like I'm I knew Abdul Latif I'm willing to talk. Oh and by the way, I know another guy who also knew Abdul Latif and he's also willing to talk. Wow. And like we d- I literally just did an interview with him. Um and and it's like th- this interview that had been eluding me for 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 3 years now like <laughs> a few days before this thing is supposed to come out. Um and and like I wish all of this stuff could make it in and I, I know inevitably it can't but yeah,
2: have you heard through Shelby or through anyone about Abdul Latif, has he does he know that you're that this is happening? So he
0: knows that it's happening uh, so far. He does not. He has not heard it, but he's sort of uh, I think he's heard about it through his lawyers, Mark and Shelby. And so he um, yeah, apparently he he he's sort of encouraging about it. I mean, I can tell you, do you want to see the I don't. have you seen this here? OK, I'll just read you the email I got from Reprieve. OK. Uh, hi, Latif. I thought you might like to know that Mark, uh, Shelby's colleague, met Abdul Latif last week for the first time since the podcast started. Mark described the episodes in detail and said it's being listened to widely and picked up by CNN and in The New York Times. Uh, it's also, by the way, um, made front page news in Morocco. Wow. Um, Abdul Latif was very happy to hear that people are listening and impressed that Christiane Amanpour wanted to hear about it on her show. He asked Mark to pass on a message to you, to to me. Tell him to get his name out of Guantanamo.
2: Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, like it... That's that's spooky.
0: Yeah. I don't know. How does that strike you? There's a part of me that's like, this is... That's not my job. Um, I'm not... Uh civil servant. I am not a bureaucrat. I'm a journalist. I tell the story. I don't uh, like it's not my job to decide who's in and who's out. Um, although I and that takes me to the other side of me, which is that I definitely have an opinion. I have an opinion that if w- the U.S. government came together and the nonpartisan career bureaucrats decided together uh, with intelligence that I don't even have, that this guy should go home I think we should honor that. Yeah. And I think that not honoring that is, is a crummy thing for us to do.
2: Coming up, one of the stranger stories that we encountered in the series so far. This one didn't actually make the cut, but uh, I'm going to play it for you after the break.
1: This is Marnie Campbell from the beautiful banks of Lake Washington in Seattle, Washington. Radiolab is supported in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science and technology in the modern world. More information about Sloan at www.sloan.org.
2: Jad here back with Latif. One of the things that's been... um. Alternatively, interesting and also deeply frustrating for us about making this series is that we have not been able to speak directly with the main character of our story. Abdul Latif Nasser is still held at Guantanamo Bay, and of course journalists cannot speak to detainees, so all we have to go on are the files, and on those files he does look suspicious at times. But it does make you kind of wonder, and Latif and I have talked about this, like what does a life look like on paper i mean it's like have you ever wondered what your life would look like if someone tried to make a series about you based solely on what's written about you on paper it's funny cuz cuz
0: so i when you when you sign up to become a citizen you have to tell them all the trips you have taken and so you have to like go through your life and you have to be like i made a trip outside the country here and outside the country there and i i go to canada all the time like to visit my family is it every single trip literally every single trip yeah not only that you have to list every single organization that you've been a part of like any kind of organization like a like a PTA or like a like a any like a homeowners association whatever like you have to list everything um what you realize like even in looking over my own life which i had to do for my citizenship application like Things don't, on paper, nobody makes sense. Like, on paper, things are suspicious. Like, because you don't, you're not inside it. You don't see the motivations people have to jump from this country to this country. Uh, you know, like, why did this person go at this time to this place? Like, I, I don't know. And when you don't know, things look suspicious. And, like, I get that. Uh, and and so, and, like, I have this fantasy of, like, one day Abdul Latif is going to get out. And I'm going to sit down with him, and he's going to, like, tell me all the things I got so wrong. Mm. Um, both both for the—I'm sure there are things he'll say that are even more incriminating, and I'm sure there are things that he'll say that are even less incriminating. But, like, like, I'm sure there are so many things that I got so wrong, because you just can't know. Like, l- human lives are just so—they are— they're so like chaotic and expansive that like that no amount of like paper evidence of like a a, a recounting of someone's life can like capture the 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 sense of it because sometimes there isn't even a sense of it to
2: capture like it's just the like vagaries of a life if you think about the information that undergirds the world we're in now like this like sprawling endless war on terror Right. Yeah. Uh yeah. and you're and you're like, where where did it begin? Obviously it began with nine eleven, but really not. But let's just say nine eleven. And but then it's just gone and gone and gone and gone. And the people who are chasing now s- mm-hmm. weren't even born on nine yeah. eleven. And so like it's really c- hard to sort of like plot the cause and effect or whatever it is. But you go all the way back to like the beginning, the, like the the information upon which it all sits. And one of the real revelations for me in just being a sort of a a part of the team watching you report this out, is that you got back to the paper, <laughs> the original paper. Yeah, yeah. And then you look at what's on those papers, and sometimes it's the craziest freaking thing, and you're just like, wait, oh, what? Oh, man. Yeah. That's what— Yeah,
0: and it's like, a- exactly— is it, exactly like it's like it's like okay so if i start with a guy but i can't access the guy so i can only access his file so i start with a paper about him and then in that paper there're a bunch of names of other people who gave other information so then i use that to leapfrog to their papers right and then their papers like sometimes even you you use that you can leapfrog to another paper and and then like eventually you find there's something in those trail of papers that you're like this can't be real. Will get well, give me an example. Yeah. There was a a piece of tape that fell out last week like of of that section that uh, where we were talking about the informants. Yeah. And the like cuz I I went pretty deep on a lot of those informants like b- both trying to talk to them but also just studying their stories and yeah. their stories are Shocking, some of them. Like one of the informants who I wanted to talk about in last week's episode, but I didn't get a chance to because uh, it just, there were so many things. Um, so we talked to one of Abdul early lawyers, this guy, Clive Stafford Smith. Uh, yes. He's the guy who actually founded that uh, law firm Reprieve, who. Uh, and who we will hear much uh, more from in
2: episode five, by the way.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. Exactly yeah, yeah. right. So he told me the story of this guy that he says gave information about Abdul Latif Nasser. It's, you can't make this up. So there's this guy. This guy's name is Ali Abdul Mutalib Awaid Hassan Al uh Iraqi guy. So this guy, uh, again, one of these, Clive calls them, I think he called them super snitches, but uh, let's call them infor- government informants. Um, so, According to Clive, this guy gave evidence about Abdul Latif.
1: So there was this one informant who had made a statement against Abdul Latif. And one of these guys wanted a benefit. You know, not only did he want to not be abused and he wanted televisions and things, but he wanted to be released if he was willing to tell stories. Um, And the reason he said, and, you know, this is a bit off color, but he said, I want to be released because I have a problem And my problem is I have a very small penis, and I want penis enhancement surgery, and I want to be taken to the United States for that to happen. And then he says in this thing, would you like to look? And I'm glad to say that the American interrogator says no. Well, this is the sort of thing that was going on there, where these guys would make up stories. And I think it was this particular person who, in the course of 90 minutes, an hour and a half, snitched on 92 prisoners. So, you know, more than one prisoner per minute with statements saying that they were Al-Qaeda or whatever nonsense um, that was used to hold these people in Guantanamo Bay for years. And this is, I've seen so much of this and most of it I'm not allowed to talk about, but this I can because it's declassified.
0: Wait, so he and his rationale for 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 saying all these things about all these people was that he wanted he wanted a bigger
1: penis that was it i mean it's hard to believe isn't
2: it oh my god I did not see that coming it's just like so complicated right yeah that's horrible
1: you're like this
0: poor guy like yeah. like i i you know you you're you feel like you have this kind of deep seated body image problem that like i I don't. I, it's not my place to judge that. Like I, I don't. I don't care. Like you deserve medical help, and and if you if you feel like you need it, but like, but the fact that that is motivating like this very dark thing, like this informant yeah. to say all of these things about all of these people that has really damning. Like it's like,
2: like this is just this is not yeah right. Uh, uh, lots of. Uh- I know you've told me this story before, but can you tell me the Night of a Thousand Prayers story again? Yeah. So there's this special
0: night in Islam called Lalatul qadr It's the, the night of power, the holiest night for Muslims, uh, which is uh, supposed to be the night when Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad, uh, first got a revelation of the Quran. And uh, in our sect, at least, uh, and I, th- I think most sects do something like this. Uh, what you do is that night you go to the mosque and you stay up all night. Literally, they leave out coffee beans for people to eat so that they can stay up, so that they can pray. Um, because that night, your prayers are more powerful than prayers on any other night. It it, it, it even says this in the Quran. It's um, hmm. like there's a calculus to it, which is kind of funny, um, that every prayer you make on Leleit al Qadr is worth 1,000 months of prayers From any other night. Wow. Um, So if you feel like if you're just like like such an absurd
2: thing, (laughs) then you can just if you've missed a few, then you just wait for late little color.
0: Totally. Totally. (laughs) Right. 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 Um, Yeah. It's also weird. Like it's like you're counting blessings or something like it's funny that there should be an accounting there that there's a number. But anyway. um, But uh, yeah. But like so people would always like everyone my family, everybody would go to the mosque and uh, and I wanted to stay up so badly. And there was one year I must have been in middle school, I think. And and I had a test coming up, uh, like a, a quiz or something. And uh, my dad found out about it, but I was like, no, 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 because usually what I do is I take them, I, I pray all night, and then I would stay home from school the next day because it was so late. Uh, and then that this one time I had this quiz, and my dad told me I couldn't stay up for Lethal Other because I had to. I had to go home for the quiz wow. uh, to sleep, so that I could go back to school for the quiz. And and it was like, it was this thing where I was like, I don't think you get the <laughs> proportions here. <laughs> like this is a this is a a a, a, a quiz. Like I, I'm a fifth grader, and this is a quiz. Like versus a thousand nights of prayer. Like this is my soul. We're talking about like like I don't think you are fully comprehending how significant this is and you are like, like you're forcing me to go home. You're like blocking me from like this, this chance that I'm only going to have so many of during my lifetime. Um, and my dad, like, I, I don't know where, how he made the calculation in his brain, but like my dad, I don't know. He's like just this immigrant dad. He wants to, Like he values education, he thinks it's really important, and and that's a moment where he sort of I think did a calculus in his head and was like I, it's more important for my kid to go to school and to do this quiz. That's
2: so interesting. He's like, it's like he's almost like he has to put his chips on the table
0: in a way. He totally, yeah. And he would never say that if you asked him. I think. I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he'd say, but I, I think. Um. Yeah, those are two of his like chief values and priorities on planet earth like like his value for his faith and his value for like education and his kids to get a good education like those are like like they're neck and neck they're really up there and it's like funny cuz that one moment it's like he had to in a way choose between them yeah and 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 that this guy Abdul Latif Nasser seems to have been the flip side of that like he seems to have really wanted the same thing that I wanted and his his mom seemed to want the same thing that my dad wanted for me you know like it's like send this kid to school let him get a good education like he's going to he's going to you know uh, that's going to be something our family can be really proud of and this guy did not he he went to school but it sort of crumbled for him there he did not get that chance that like there was this moment when this guy you know he could have had this opportunity to, to, to study to sort of build this like secular life, yeah. uh, and it sort of fell apart. And then, and then, and and not to say that these are the only two ways that it can go, but like that that he then like made his faith the thing that that sort of anchored his identity, and and was the thing that he would like move to other countries to try to find.
2: That's it for now. The other Latif episode five is coming your way in just a few days. In the meantime, here's the taste. All right, everybody, welcome to Guantanamo Bay. Uh, if I could get everybody I, I really think that this place know. we're going, it's
0: literally every single Muslim American's worst nightmare.
2: I'm Stephanie Boyd calling from Williamstown, Massachusetts.
0: Radio Lab is created by Jad Abumrad with Robert Kruelrich and produced by Soren Wheeler. Dylan Keith is our director of sound design. Susie Lechtenberg is our executive producer. Our staff includes Simon Adler, Becca Bressler, Rachel Kusick, David Gebel, Bethel Hapty, Tracy Hunt, Matt Keelty. Annie McEwen, Latif Nasser, Sarah Carey, Arianne Wack, Pat Walters, and Molly Webster. With help from Shima Oliayi, W. Harry Fortana, Sarah Sandbach, Melissa O'Donnell,
2: Tad Davis, and Russell Gregg. Our fact checker is Michelle Harris.